Hi, it's Melissa Moore, and welcome to Mile High Magazine. A lot of great organizations here in town, and one of my favorites is the Morris Animal Foundation. And I have Dr. Kelly Deal, the Morris Animal Foundation Senior Director of Science and Communications. Good morning. Hi, Melissa. Thanks for having me on. Well, thank you so much for being here. You know, I'm familiar with you all because I've talked to you over the years. But for some folks, they've never heard of the Morris Animal Foundation. Explain to folks who you are and what you do. Sure. Um, We have been in existence since 1948, so a long time, uh, based here in Denver. And our founder was Dr. Mark Morris Sr., and he is the creator of the first prescription diet that some folks may be familiar with. And as part of his mission, he was really passionate about research, and he used the royalties from those very early sales of prescription diets to fund our endowment and start the foundation. And his goal was really to fund research that would help all animals, um, as far especially companion animals. And we've been doing that now for Oh, gosh, 72 years. A long time, that's for sure. Give us some examples of some of the research projects that you have going on at the Morris Animal Foundation. So right now, um, one of our biggest is the Golden Retriever Lifetime Study, which is really a unique study, and it's unique for us. Typically, we fund grants, but this is a project that we're managing in-house, and we enrolled 3,000 Golden Retrievers, which were following from puppyhood to early adult, all the way through their lives. And it's a cancer risk study at its core. As many people may know, golden retrievers have quite a high cancer risk Mm -hmm. as a breed of dog. And our um, goal is really to dive deep into what are the risks, what do dogs encounter through their lifetime that could you know, be something we could maybe alter or manipulate that have to do with cancer. And we also know that dogs are our companions. Mm -hmm. They're exposed to the same environment we are. And so we may have some comparative oncology or cancer uh, uh, bonus to whatever we learn might actually translate to people. And how long ago did that study start? Well, we enrolled our first dogs in 2000. So we're getting ready to start our ninth year, which is just amazing. And it will probably run for another four or five years. And what are some of the early findings that you're seeing? Because, you know, I had a golden retriever and we just lost him a few weeks ago to cancer. And it just, it's it's heartbreaking. It, It really is. And we're just seeing, unfortunately, our first deaths. To, due to cancer, uh, our average age of dog is seven or eight. So logically, right, those mm-hmm. guys are going to start developing cancer. And it at least half, we just went over the 50% mark of the deaths we've had so far in the cohort are due to cancer. So that's pretty high. That's really and, high. Yeah. And um, what's been published is that 60% of golden retrievers will have cancer or die of cancer in their lifetime. So it's not unexpected, right, that this percentage is relentlessly creeping up. We are just starting to analyze the data, and we actually have a cool new project that we're starting that's sort of an offshoot of this particular study, which is we're doing something called the Golden Oldies Project. I like which it. Is, which is where we're getting dogs who are golden retrievers who are 12 years of age or older that have not had cancer 
or have been cured of cancer, and we're going to use them as a control group. And the reason for that is, as you mentioned, we really want to find some stuff out, right? right. We've yeah. got dogs that are dying for ca- of cancer. And what we realized is it would take another four or five years, right, for us to get enough old dogs mm-hmm. that are in the study to compare them to the dogs that have cancer. And we said, well, you know, maybe we don't want to wait that long. Maybe we, we can recruit some older dogs now to serve as our control group so we can start looking at these dogs who've had cancer more critically. So that's something we're really, really excited about so that we can do exactly what you mentioned. Right now, what we are getting as far as results have a lot to do with younger dogs mm-hmm. because everybody's kind of aged out of that three to four year right. um, age range. So we've published some things about, oh, inbreeding and uh, a little bit about spay neuter and the incidence of obesity and spay neuter and the incidence of ligament ruptures mm-hmm. and and tears, but we really want to get at that cancer piece, right? And so we're we're going to work on that now because now we have enough dogs that are starting to unfortunately die of of different types of cancer that we're getting. You know, you have to have enough numbers. It's right. a really cruel it's a really cruel thing to think about, but that's what you need to to really if you're going to find something, you want to feel really confident about that result. Well, and golden retrievers are just such a big, loving breed, and so many families have them as a family pet, and it's devastating when you lose one to cancer or lose it no matter how you might lose your your family member. And so this research hopefully can help us figure out what's going on and why the high numbers. Right, exactly. And we're hopeful that, you know, in the, in the smallest sense, it will help us with cancer risk for Goldens, right? Mm-hmm. But we don't believe that's going to be the only thing we're going to find, right? We'll be able to extrapolate maybe to other breeds of dogs, right? And right. then maybe other animals and then maybe ultimately people. Yeah, I love what you're doing. The project's incredible. When I've talked to some of the owners, um, they've always explained to me how just, I mean, it is very, very detailed and the work that they put in to getting that information to you and all the testing and all that goes into that project. Right. It is um, every year at the minimum, every year they go to their veterinarian, they have to have a lot of different samples taken. So we take blood samples, fecal samples, hair, nails, and urine, and the veterinarians and the owners fill out these very extensive questionnaires, and they don't get a break every year. They have to fill it out every year. Absolutely. Such incredibly detailed work that you're doing with that study. Tell me about some of the other studies going on right now with the Morris Animal Foundation. Many years ago, we invested in the folks at Cornell that came up with identified parvovirus. Those of us, I hate to say it, who are old enough to remember in the late 70s when that first struck and people didn't know what was happening or what dogs were dying from. We collaborated and funded provided funding for them to work on first identifying the virus and then working towards a vaccine. We were instrumental in funding a lot of the early work in feline um, leukemia virus vaccine, Mm -hmm. which we know was a very serious, it's still a problem, but compared to where we were 30 years ago, 40 years ago, it is, that's a, a huge shift and a very serious disease in cats that we were able to contribute to. Um, and so there's there's many things like that that we fund, and you'll learn all about our history and who the people are um, if you go to our website. All right, and what's that website again? It is morrisanimalfoundation.com. 
org. The National Dog Day Campaign, what is it? And I know you just started that recently. Yes. So a National Dog Day, uh, as everyone knows, we're in the dog days of summer. So National Dog Day, of course, falls during August. And we decided to do a fundraising campaign really focused around raising money for our canine studies, including our Golden Retriever Lifetime Study. And we have a $50,000 match, which we're really excited about. And the campaign runs through the month of August. And so you're just looking for folks to log on and make a donation, and then that will be matched by your donor. Yes, absolutely. And while you're there, take a look at some of the stuff we've done. We talked about the Golden Retriever uh, study that has been going on for a while. What are some of the other studies? We talked about the parvo, feline leukemia. Uh, Tell me some of the other studies that are going on right now that you're working on. New one that we're very excited about is to try to work towards developing a heartworm vaccine. Um, I think a lot of folks out there know about heartworm disease, Mm -hmm. right? We may give our dogs preventive, but there's some concern about the heartworms becoming resistant to the preventives we give. And also, and I, I sympathize with people, preventives aren't necessarily inexpensive drugs, right? Right. Uh, they, they can be quite expensive. And if you miss one, you know, you forget your dog potentially could get heartworm. So we're working in collaboration with a group in the United Kingdom, interestingly, um, that is looking to try to figure out, could we actually make a vaccine that would work against heartworm that would be much easier for people, right, mm-hmm. to obtain? You might get much longer lasting protection and hopefully would be cost-effective as well and could sort of bypass the potential problem of resistance. And so that's a really, really exciting project that we just started on. We have a couple cancer projects that are not, you know, related to the Golden Retriever Lifetime Study. Mm -hmm. We've been a big funder of canine cancer projects. We've done ones on osteosarcoma. We just finished one in conjunction with the NIH where we were looking at osteosarcoma, which is the most common bone cancer in dogs, affects a lot of dogs every year. About 10,000 dogs are diagnosed with it, and it is a deadly, deadly cancer. So we're working on that. We're also funding some studies on uh, hemangiosarcoma, which is another deadly cancer in dogs. So we we have a really wide portfolio. I'm talking a lot about the cancer ones, but we have projects looking at the microbiome, which there's a lot of press about that, right? Mm -hmm. All the bugs that live in our gut. And so we're looking at, we have several microbiome studies. We have some, a couple in cats, we have a couple in horses, and we have a couple in dogs that we're, we're looking at. And how can we leverage, right, that knowledge that we gain from a sample that's pretty easy for most people to get, Mm -hmm. right? And um, what can we learn from that? All the different studies that you're doing, I just find it fascinating that the work that the Morris Animal Foundation continues to do after so many years. Right. It's a really big portfolio. And as you mentioned, um, we have done some work in wildlife as well, which I think people think of us often as cat and dog work looking at, we have a very large grant and money set aside for the Australian wildfires. And what we wanted to do was raise money and use money towards looking at the long-term consequences Mm -hmm. of those fires. So we're looking at those final grants right now, and we're very, very excited. We put a million dollars aside to look at that particular problem. And 
yes, it's in Australia and wildfires, but we know wildfires are becoming more common. And what we learn, we hope, from examining the Australian wildlife will translate to any place right, where wildfires become a problem. What are the long-term consequences for um, the wildlife who are exposed to that? Everything from, right, the smoke to the ash to the chemicals we use to try to put out fires, you know, and again, what, what are the repercussions? So we're very, very excited about that project as well. Well, that's going to be really interesting, too, because I think all of us around the world were so captivated watching those fires and seeing people rescuing koalas and wondering, okay, what does it look like for them, for the kangaroos down the road? And yeah, I mean, living here in Colorado, where we have wildfires, quite typically, it is going to be really an interesting study to keep an eye on. I know. And the good part is we have several different studies looking at all kinds of from burn to smoke inhalation to um, tiny creatures we don't always think about, mm-hmm. right, that were destroyed in, in the fires. And we've we've done some of this work before as far as wildlife. We did a lot of work many years ago after the Deepwater Horizon spill. We funded a lot of uh, work looking at everything from oysters to dolphins mm-hmm. and how they were affected by the, the spill itself, um, the stress, right? We know sure. that animals feel stress. And how did that influence um, their behaviors, uh, right, reproduction? And so it's um, to the oysters and their um, how dispersant and oil um, affects oysters. They can't get away, right? Yeah. <laughs> they're kind of, they're, they're stuck. And, and, but you learn more you learn a lot right by uh, and again thinking about how can that look at at um, help other animals or have translational we've done a lot of work there was a recent one um, that we're very proud of we did some work early uh, several years ago looking at viruses that because of melting ice sea Mm -hmm. ice have moved from across the arctic right it used to be really hard for animals to cross the arctic but we're now seeing viruses that were previously in Atlantic wildlife moving into the Pacific Ocean. And that's tough, right? That's a naive population that's never sure. seen some of these viruses. And so we did some work. We've worked on that particular problem as well. Best of luck this month with your Dog Days of Summer match, which is actually called the National Dog Day Campaign. But we're excited for you. Thank you so much. And thanks again for giving me the chance to come on and speak about the organization. My pleasure. Best of luck to you. Keep us posted and we'll talk to you again soon. Dr. Kelly Deal with the Morris Animal Foundation. You can go online to once again, morrisanimalfoundation.org. We'll have the link up here on the website, on your station's uh, website. If you just go to that, you can also share this podcast on your social media platforms. I'm Melissa Moore. It is Mile High Magazine. Thanks for spending your Sunday morning with us. Go out, have a blessed day, and be kind.